Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and thanks very much for tuning in to the latest episode of the Glasgow is Green podcast, a.k.a. GigPod. I'm Stevie, and this is another GigPod Chats 2 that we have for you. Now, on this show, I'm delighted to be joined by Celtic's youngest ever goal scorer. In May 2016, he netted the final goal in a 7-0 route at Motherwell at the age of 16 in Ronnie Dyla's final game in charge of the club. It is indeed Jack Aitchis. And Jack, you're following on from a guy called Spunkphone in the podcast. Now, if this was a normal world, I'm sure people would be raising their eyebrows at that, but... This isn't a normal world that we're living in at the moment. How are you coping down at Stevenage in this bizarre football season? Ah, it's not too bad. Um, it's obviously good uh, for me that I can obviously go to training and, and get out of the house. Um, unlike a lot of people who are obviously stuck in the house and on furlough uh, and stuff. So I think you were telling me the other day before we've done this call that you've been living in a hotel like, since last year, is that right? I've been living in a hotel since I think it's been the October maybe um, so I think that's when I moved in so uh, it, was, it wasn't too bad uh, obviously everything was still open down here so I was fine but obviously the restaurant and that and shut down here so obviously been tough for food and stuff but I got injured for a little while there as well so with my ankle I was out for about 10 weeks so I actually went back up to Barnsley to do a bit of rehab and stuff so I went in there a hotel there again but obviously it was, it was good to just get out and change the scenery a little bit at the hotel the canteen and everything's off so when it comes to food and nutrition and everything how are you getting sorted out in that respect uh, it's been tough because obviously it was open when i first came down like fruit and veg and stuff to keep me keep me in good shape but obviously when that happened i actually ended up having to like like eat out a lot so i was eating a lot like like nando's and stuff so try to keep it Obviously, healthy-ish, obviously, try to eat out, but I kind of speak to my own uh, nutritionist, so he got me in contact with, like, a, a meal prep, prep company down here, and um, they sort all my food, um, like, say, my breakfast, lunch, dinner, so I've got all my meals sorted each day for for my days, to be fair, so it's, it's not too bad. So you're talking about, like, healthy options and everything with food. I'm going to assume Greg's is off the cards, eh? 
<laughs> uh, I can't remember the last time I had a Greg's to be fair, but um, uh, sometimes I've, I've treated myself a wee chocolate class on across the road in the bakeries, but <laughs> nah, except for that, I've, all my food's sorted. So Rolling it back a wee bit, Jack, when you left Celtic in the transfer window in October 2020, having spent 13 years at the club, was that something you pushed ahead with, or did Celtic try and convince you as much as they could to stay there and develop? What was the reasoning behind the move? For the last year, year and a half, uh, I've wanted out for a, a good while, to be fair. Uh, I actually tried to get out before I went to Forest Green and Mon, um, but also I believe everything happens for a reason, and obviously I went there and done well, so I think it, it stood me in good stead for obviously trying to get that move to Barnsley. But no, nah, I think obviously it was also a bit of a difficult one. It, I think it, it was actually near the, nearly the full lockdown that obviously the deal was kind of getting sorted. Um, and it was back and forth, back and forth. So obviously it was a bit tough, but I think I don't think they really wanted me to go. But obviously yeah, I just tried to get out and play football and I, I didn't see a pathway for me there. And um, I was really frustrated. So nah, I just I wanted to get out and obviously... A fresh start somewhere new and I think sometimes that's what it takes You were saying the other day when we were speaking as well before this Jack that it wasn't just Barnsley that were interested that you had offers from Germany and France as well what was the stature of the clubs there like and why did you choose Barnsley ahead of going abroad? There's another one in Holland actually as well that I actually was ready to go to uh, before but obviously the deal kind of broke down there as well um, just obviously stuff like lockdown and stuff but um, obviously one in Germany it's quite one of the top clubs in Germany but then again I, I was probably going to go into the same situation that that I was in at Celtic that I would just get to keep going out and loan keep going out and loan and um, every time I went in and loan I'd probably not get to get that chance that actually when I come back for loan I'll get my chance in the first team um, but that's why I chose Barnsley that obviously they see a pathway for me and had that kind of plan for me to go out and loan because I'd, I've not played for the last 10 months before I actually signed for Barnsley. I was only training a couple of weeks before it, so I wanted me to come out and get a couple of experiences down here and get my fitness up, then obviously go back to Barnsley in the summer and hopefully hopefully crack on for there. At what point, when you go back out and loan from Celtic, do you start getting a wee bit demotivated, if at all? I don't know, it's just... Uh, loan, loan can either be good or bad. I think last last year at Forest Green, it, it was also really good for me. Obviously, I was loving myself and I had, I had to grow up quick. I had to mature um, fast, like make my own dinners before I went down there. So, nah, it's, that's doing me in good stead to actually, like, off the pitch, make me grow up as a person. Mm-hmm. But maybe when you, you have a good loan like I did and I came back, um, I didn't have any contact with the first team. I, I thought I'd get a couple of chances when I was back. I, I've been told I had a good loan off some of the academy people. Um, and I would get my chance and also I, I came back and I didn't get my chance so I think maybe when you keep going on loan you keep coming back and nothing's progressing at the club but you're progressing then I think I think that's when stuff starts to get a bit demotivated like you said so mm-hmm. um, so like you said loan can either be good or bad So Forest Green as well they're a vegan club and that's where you learned to do your cooking you were even cooking vegan meals and you cut back in red meat is that something you're still doing? I think I'll take any food now that I get. Um, uh, now you're right, obviously I, I cut back a lot of uh, red meat at the time. When I first went down there, I think we had a couple of away games, so we were at a hotel quite a lot, so I was eating a, a lot of vegan food, so I just went from normal food right into vegan, 
and I think it kind of hurt me because that I lost I lost quite a lot of weight at the time um, when I first went down there the first week. So obviously that was a big hit. So I had to just kind of tail it back, and sometimes I do one day on uh, totally obviously vegan, then maybe one day just normal eating just to try and mix it up and stuff. So. I didn't obviously want to become totally vegan, but at the same time, I, I wanted to cut back some of the meat that I was that I was having as well. When you were at Celtic, Jack, and you're at Lennox Town training, I wanted to ask, what's the culture like when you're there as a young player? Like, what time are you in in the morning? When do you leave? And the general programme there, is it pretty intense or is it quite relaxed, all things considered? Uh, I think, obviously, obviously day-to-day that you normally get up in the morning at your house and you obviously get changed and drive up to Lennox Town to get breakfast. Uh, you obviously arrive about nine o'clock in the morning, go straight up for breakfast, then maybe you've got like an hour, hour and a half to chill, uh, do all your like pre-activation and stuff in the gym, go out and train, come back in, obviously get your lunch and stuff. Then obviously it depends how many games a week that you've obviously got the time that maybe you'll, you'll go on and do extra gym work or you'll go and do like extra recovery in the gym or sometimes you'll just go home. Um, so obviously sometimes it's long, sometimes it's quite short, but obviously as a young boy, dream obviously play for Celtic, um, training at Barfield since I've been like six. Obviously training, you get to see the stadium and stuff. So uh, when I first went up there, uh, watching the players that I was watching on TV, that I was actually mixing in with them and training with them. So it was a bit, um, a bit un- unreal at the time. The more you're up with them, you just adapt, and um, I think sometimes you just need to be professional as well. But no, it's obviously when it's going good, it's good. But obviously when you're when you're having tough times, sometimes the training ground can be a tough place to be. Here's a this is just a off the cuff question. See, when you're at Lennox Town as well, when it comes to the diet regime and everything, what is your typical type of breakfast and lunch you get up there? There, it's, it's Celtic in it, so you get you basically get you get a full buffet. So obviously you'll have the the meals there, say, for breakfast, I would normally have maybe a slice of toast, scrambled egg, uh, beans, a bit of ham, and sometimes on the side, I maybe have, like, two protein pancakes, or I would have porridge and honey or something like that, so that's obviously just one of them, but the more, kind of, like, a lot of the foreigners, like, they all get different kind of, like, diets and stuff, and what they like and stuff, so it's obviously good that way that everybody eats different so sometimes you can see what they eat and it's also like, it's quite interesting as well so um, but no the, the diet's top notch up there nutritionist and obviously sports scientists work hard to obviously put the food together so obviously we're getting the best energy to go out and, and train at our potential so the reason I brought that up is at the end of November on Gig Pod we had Kelvin Wilson on and he commented about how when he was at the club from 2011 to 2013 the culture was pretty much players could eat what they wanted and drink what they wanted under the manager at the time, which was Neil Lennon. And the reason I'm asking you is, I would imagine, other than the odd bit of leeway, it's generally changed days in this modern era from like seven and eight years ago, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, obviously when I first went up, it was obviously uh, Ronnie Delia was there. Um, and at the time, I'd, I never knew anything about body fats. Um, so I think we got we got... We get tested in that maybe once or twice a month. I was I was a little bit relaxed. It wasn't it wasn't too too bad. But um, food wise, when Brendan Rogers came in, I think he brings his own people and stuff, um, like sports scientists and stuff. Uh, so that's that's when I noticed a like a big big difference. Um, and I think when he came in, it was, it was really strict. 
they obviously still get tested once or twice a month but I think if we were over like slightly a little bit that obviously sometimes you're you're coming in the morning do an extra bike session before you actually train to try and get it down um, that's how big that they've seen it that an influence that body fat can have on your performance so I think every I think everybody's pretty lean and everybody's pretty fit and that obviously uh, I think I said to you in the, the last one um, the last podcast that that was the fittest and sharpest that I've ever been mm-hmm. um, and when Rogers came in I think that was just down to the the, the food and the gym work that we're doing um, and also how hard training was out in the pitch with him so um, I think it all mixed in well and I think obviously you've seen it under him that the seasons were good as well so um, I think it was all down to him to be fair Focusing on Brendan Rodgers just for a second Jack did you notice a complete culture change and a, a standards had obviously went up when Brendan Rodgers came in from Ronnie as well like was it very very obvious uh, I would say how how high intensity the training was um, obviously I, I was only up maybe a handful of times maybe just more than that uh, with the first team uh, under Ronnie so I, I didn't actually get a big big time with him because um, the time I came up I came out of school early and stuff then went up with them I was mostly with the reserves because obviously I was still 15 when I kind of came out of school 16 um, so I only trained with them a couple of times but obviously being so young I still found it hard but when uh, Brendan came in how how hard the training was and how how much pressure that they put on us to like train well and to train at full potential and not waste waste any days um like just lacking that you put in the work and um yeah the, the training was incredible under uh brendan as well so um that no, was, was really good what was the main thing that you learned from brendan rogers i think a big one for me under brendan was obviously the my position so just like little tactical stuff and uh, just stuff like that and obviously I had good chats with him obviously players that he's worked under and stuff so we're just kind of trying to add in add in stuff into my game that to try and go off the defender because at that time I was also a striker um, trying off the defender's eye line so I can get maybe a one or two more seconds in the ball also that's quite a big time in football where you get the extra one or two seconds so no, I think obviously helped me a lot and obviously when my dad passed away as well that he, he kind of took me under his wing and gave me that extra support that I needed and I think sometimes it's just good to de-stress so obviously at that time to go into training and just get things off my mind as well so nah, no, I'm thankful for the support that him and the club that gave me at that time so yeah And we referenced the go against Motherwell at the start of the show in 2016 clearly a really special moment and that's going to stay with you forever but how was Ronnie Dyla with you in the lead up to that game? Did you know you were getting on or was it a complete surprise to you? I was away at the European Championships. We obviously scored under under some teams. So that was, a, that was a year above me. I think also when I came back, I got told that they were going to pull me out of that. Obviously means I would have had an extra two or three more games, but obviously they let me go and I didn't know before also I went. Yeah, I came back and I think my first, I done well. I think I scored like three two or three goals in, in the tournament um, was like a year up and I played like three games or something like that so we qualified but I think when I came back I just went straight up with the first team and I, I, I just thought like oh I'm just making up the numbers here because I was leading up to a game and I, I can remember coming out obviously the canteen and bumping into John Collins and Ronnie Delia and Ronnie put his, uh, his arm around me and was saying um, are you looking forward to the weekend or something like that and I was thinking 
I was like, I, I, first thing that came to my head was like, oh, what's happening at the weekend? Like, obviously saying like, oh, you get being the squad and stuff. So, um, no, nah, it was a bit. I just obviously I was a bit uh, back to it because obviously when I heard that, but I was just thinking, oh, I'll just I'll be in the stands, a bit of, bit of experience in the morning of the game, obviously in the meeting stuff, get announced on the bench and. Um, oh, I was I was buzzing. Obviously, driving on the bus, the other fans were obviously outside the stadium. I've never experienced then like this before, and um, I can think about it all the time. That I can just see it is just fresh in my brain as well. So um, now that will never leave my head. But um, good experience, and obviously thankful to uh, Ronnie and John for that. And also, I've now got to say thanks thanks to them because they left obviously after that game, didn't they? So. Who who was the biggest influence on you on that day in the squad? Like who sort of calmed you down a wee bit? The night before it, I think I got a bit. I think I got a bit like four hours sleep actually before the game. Um, I just couldn't get to sleep. I was just trying to visualise my head if I got on and um, stuff that I could do and try to influence the game. But I think obviously at that time I was quite I was quite close with obviously Scott uh, Scott Allen. Sorry. Um, me and him were quite close and I think obviously just chatting to him and knowing people um, like beat on and stuff as well that obviously just chatting to them it just kind of calmed my nerves but sometimes when you're, you're such a young age you don't you don't think about anything you don't play with stress you don't play you just play happy and free so at the time I wasn't really nervous when I got in the pitch so uh, it was good and one of the players that you were in the same team at at youth level Michael Johnston He's a player that I really admire. I have done for a couple of years now. I think on pretty much the weekly podcast we do. I'm still raving about him. What's your relationship like with Mikey Johnson? Is it still are you guys still fairly close? I speak. I've spoken to him the other day before. Obviously, with football, when you don't get to see each other, it's hard to obviously stay in communication because of obviously how many games we've got at the moment. But obviously, we're still close and. Um, like you say, I've grew up with him since, I think I've known Mikey since I've been about like six and a half, seven. So, a long, long time. But like you said, I think Mikey's just a, a brilliant player. And I think obviously he's come back to injury and stuff. Um, obviously, I was injured at the start of the season. I think I've been out for like 10 weeks. And sometimes when you're out for a long time, you can start to pick up like little stupid niggles that you, you can't obviously control. Um, so I think once he gets a good run of games, um, his sharpness will come back. He's... Obviously, his, his feet are a joke. Um, I think he's unbelievable. So I think he's got potential to go all the way and be a Celtic all his life if he wants, or he, he can even go higher than that. So um, obviously, it's up to him to put put in the work as well on it. So um, fingers crossed that he gets sharpness back soon and he goes all the way. And Stephen Welsh as well. He's done really, really well coming into the team this season, and in the last few weeks, he's been so so reliable. And last night was a nightmare for him. Getting off injured at Severin, but I don't suppose that's going to sort of deter him too much in the future. Did you manage to catch that last night? I I watched the first half actually. Uh, I wasn't the best of games last night to be fair in the first half. Um, but I think obviously, like you say, growing up there's another one. Obviously Welshie, I've known him maybe like trying maybe it's been a long time, so 14, 15 years. So obviously I used to go to Welshie's house when I was young. He'd come to mine, so. We're, Obviously, really close, and I think, it, I think it's good because I, I personally I think Welsh has been he's been ready for a while. So I, to get his chance now, it's obviously great. But fingers crossed that his, his injury is not too bad, um, and he can get back in the team because he's been looking solid. And uh, I'm buzzing for him, and obviously I've speaking to his dad as well, and he's buzzing as well. So I think um, hopefully he gets back soon, and um, 
gets back in the squad. And he's been handed that chance, of course, by the current manager, Neil Lennon. We spoke about Ronnie, we spoke about Brendan. What was your relationship like with Neil Lennon? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it, was, it was not too bad. Uh, um, obviously, I wasn't up with the first team a lot under uh, Neil. Obviously, I went away pre-series and stuff. I thought I'd done well. Obviously, I came back and also I went back down with the reserves. Um, ever since that, obviously, I went in loan after that. So, I, I've not seen Neil for, since I went in loan at, at Forest Green. So, yeah, it was not too bad. I just feel that's, that's how it was there. And, Obviously, I've moved on now. So you are involved with the club at the start of this ten in a row season, and what's followed has been disastrous. That's my words, anyway. Neil Lennon's claimed that Celtic have been the worst affected by the pandemic. You've been at the club. You've seen what's happened around the club and how much it's affected people. How bad is it at Celtic during the COVID pandemic? Is it as bad as the manager says? Like you said, also, I came back before skin loan. I was training myself for a number of months, obviously, due to the pandemic, and so was a lot of people, but also the first team went back sooner, because obviously the league started back, and um, also I, I wasn't sure what it was like at the start, also I, I didn't get called up to go and train with the first team and stuff, but also when I when I went in with the reserves at uh, Barryfield to train, obviously, it was obviously different, because obviously you come in your cars, you get tested, you get checked, your temperature, everything, you're not allowed to come out your car and, until... You start like a minute before training starts. As soon as training starts, it's all like social distancing and stuff like that. But after training, you just go straight back in your car and stuff. So I'd say the only difference is, is obviously not being in the changing room and, and stuff with the boys. And it's the first, I don't know, week maybe when we went back, we weren't allowed to be near each other, touch each other after that. But after that, it was, it was just like a normal training session. So to be fair, also when I come came down to Barnes and Stevenage and stuff that it's just it's just been like a it's just been like normal to be fair. So I'd say that football is getting back to normal but obviously the big big one missing is, is the fans at the game. Finally then Jack, you're at Stevenage on loan from Barnsley and without getting into the usual cliches that you're no doubt going to be hearing when you're answering these questions, what are the aspirations for the future? Is it just taking it game by game or do you have any sort of long term plans for where you want to be next year? Yeah, I think obviously next year um, I want to obviously go into Barnsley pre-season and try to fight for my place in there. Obviously, hopefully that's the plan. But like you said, obviously I've been out for like 10 or 11 weeks um, and I've just been starting to get around the games now. So hopefully I just keep getting my fitness up, get more minutes under under my belt and we'll see what next next season holds. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I have to say, Jack, it was a pleasure to have you on the show, and I think your next challenge, your biggest challenge, is going to have to be convincing Michael Johnston to come on at some point next season, now that you're a big gig pod man. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best, but uh, he's the worst person to, for, to get a reply for, so um, it might be next year the time he replies, but I'll try. It's alright, that'll work with me, because I'm also very ignorant, but genuinely, thanks a lot for coming on the show, very much appreciated. Nah, no worries, thanks very much. As always, thanks a lot for listening. We're available on just about every podcast platform and we'll be back at the weekend to review the St Johnston game. Thanks a lot for listening.
Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.